Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 13, Episode 26. This is Writing Excuses, Character Relationships. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. All right, so... We know what our characters, they have a big arc, and they're changing, and they're developing, and now other people are going to start interfering with that. Helping or hindering it, we're going to talk about character relationships. Um, This is something that I do a lot ahead of time, Um, but I know that Dan, for instance, just kind of often, they (laughs) mess each other up, and you see what happens. Sometimes, I... uh... I do a mix of both. I like to plan out in advance mm-hmm. when I know, for example, that I'm going to have, um, you know, a group of friends. I want to know how they all interact with each other. Mm-hmm. But very frequently, and in fact, the the book that came out earlier this year, Active Memory, turned into a father-daughter book. Not because I planned it that way, but because as I was writing the other two in the series, that relationship became more and more interesting Every mm. time the father came on screen. And so by the th- by midway through the third book, I'm like, okay, you know what? <laughs> We're just going to focus on this. We're going to do it right. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, I joke about being a heavy outliner, but this is one of the places, no matter how much you outline, you have to have wiggle room for. When your characters are, quote unquote, on screen together, and you find that you write them with great chemistry, that things are working, when those two characters are on screen, you have a better scene than when either of them are apart. You know that something is going on there, and you need to be willing to run with that and explore it, and uh, you want to write the scenes of the best. You, wanna, you, yeah. want, you want your characters to give you the opportunities to write better stories. This is one of those things, you know, when we're always talking about that, that writing is a spectrum from mm-hmm. outlining to, to uh, discovery writing, and this is one of the areas that I also tend to discovery write a lot, but... I also have a tool that I use mm-hmm. um, when I need to, like when I know that I'm going to need these two characters to fight, but I don't want it to be a, a stupid fight because I, oh, I see this all the time where the characters are fighting. I'm like, why are you fighting? You're fighting. There's no, mm-hmm. you, you know, or, or conversely, the characters who really do not get along at all and then suddenly wind up in bed together. I'm like, what? You've got mm-hmm. nothing in common. So, um Allow me to introduce you to something that I call the Kowal Relationship Axes. Okay. It's actually named after my mother-in-law, who used it as dating advice to uh, to my husband, or to, you know, her son. Um, and, uh, and and I've, I realized that it actually works incredibly well for describing the way we interact with uh, not just a romantic partner, but kind of for everybody. So um, the idea is that there are six axes along which uh, 
relationships exist. Okay. And the more closely you are aligned on any one of these, the more compatible you are. And the farther apart, uh, the less compatible. And and it, the sliders don't have to be very far off. So the, those are mind, money, morals, manners, monogamy, and the Marx Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I will grant that my husband added the Marx Brothers after he realized, after we were married, that I had never seen. Mm. And <laughs> so we'll, we'll start backwards and work away. Mm-hmm. Marx Brothers basically represents that you have, uh, you have the same sense of humor. Right. You laugh at the same thing. Yeah. It's a very simple one. Monogamy is not that you are both monogamous, but that you have the same idea of what the relationship is. I mean, you've, you've experienced the thing where someone uh, thinks that you are BFFs and you're like, I kind of vaguely know you from work. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's really super uncomfortable. Um, so it's just, you have to have the, she labeled that one as hot burning kisses, which is better for the romantic stuff. <laughs> um, so they weren't all alliterative. No. When not, she, y- yes. you being a writer, have, uh, well, it was actually the first four were alliterative, mm. and and then and then hot burning kisses, and then hot burning kisses, mm. <laughs> yeah. which to be fair can stand alone. Well, yeah. it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so manners mean that you have the same idea of what is polite, uh, what is, uh, and what is not. Um, morals are different from manners. Morals is your sense of what is right and wrong in the world. So you can have morals that are in close alignment and manners that are wildly off or Mm -hmm. the other way around. I mean, that's often why you know someone on the internet who's a terrible person on the internet and you meet them in real life and they're so nice. And it's because your manners are really closely aligned while your morals are wildly off. Um, Money is that you have the same sense of what money is for. Um, and and the same goals towards money, it doesn't actually necessarily mean that you have the same amount of money. But that for swimming through in your giant money vault, <laughs> right. obviously, yes, that's what you do with it. Yes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, mind is that you have comparable degrees of intelligence. And what's interesting about this is that they really do not have to be very far off. So you can have people that are compatible, like on, on the upper ends of all of these sliders in terms of their compatibility. But even just a little bit off, those are the points where the friction is going to happen. And what that does for you, if you know that, if you know the places that they're a little bit farther, you know, a little bit off, tells you what the fight is going to be about. Okay. The, uh, why, would, why would you even say that? Yeah. The, that mm-hmm. surprise. We are so like each other, and yet you just... Yeah. yeah. That thing. The, uh, using those... You know, some of them being close together can also be a good reason why the characters stick together, mm-hmm. even though the others are far apart. I mean, the the uh, Lethal Weapon franchise yeah. is almost entirely founded on the idea that their morals are completely aligned and their manners are wildly 100% off. Yeah, yeah. And they, they have very similar, you know, they're also lined up on mind. They are also, a, at the beginning, um, What's I think is interesting is that they are in agreement on what their relationship is, mm-hmm. which is that right. we don't like each yeah. other. Yeah, and their understanding. I work alone. Yes. yes, and and for both of them, and their understanding of what the relationship is evolves together. So those sliders move in the same. You know, mm-hmm. now, I have a I have a much simpler tool that I deploy much differently, which is uh, the two the two scales of power. Uh, Position power and personal power. Yeah. Uh, you know, in an employer-employee relationship, the employer has position power over the employee. Mm. 
but a very, very charismatic, intelligent, effusive employee has gobs of personal power and without even trying can undermine an employer who doesn't have any personal power. And in fact, you see this a lot in workplaces, in, mm-hmm. in all kinds of relationships where someone assumes that their personal power uh, grants them position or assumes that their position power grants them, you know, for instance, friendship with everyone under them. Um, I pay close attention to this in Schlock Mercenary because the military organizations that make up so many or that that encompass so many of the relationships in the book, uh, the books, um, are inherently about position power and and there's a wide array of, uh, of differing personal powers in there. And I need to make sure, you know, when we talked about manners, um, something that you would say to a fellow grunt is not something that you would say to an officer. Mm-hmm. And that, that dichotomy, I have to keep track of that because if I get it wrong, uh, it knocks people out of the story. I, had, I worked in an office and was there for the moment when the guy with all the... Uh, position power realized that he didn't have any personal power oh. and the office became unlivable. Mm. It was it was fascinating to watch that. And I, that has just given me the dialogue to describe what happened. Yep. Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's go ahead and stop for a book of the week, which Mary 
You have a book coming out. Uh, yes, I have I have two books coming out, actually. Um, I have a duology, uh, The Lady Astronaut of Mars. Uh, book one is called The Calculating Stars, and uh, that's coming out this month. Um, actually, it has just come out last week. And uh, the sequel, uh, The Faded Sky, is coming out in August uh, at the end of the month. Um, the setup for the first book is basically, it begins about two minutes before an asteroid slams into Washington, D.C. in 1952, um, wiping out, it's actually the Chesapeake Bay because it turns out that a water strike is way worse than a land strike. Um, but it kicks off the space program, uh, hard and fast and internationally, uh, with 1952 technology. Um, and so the first book is pushed to the moon and second book is pushed to Mars. It's a women centered cast because I've got a lot of, um, because it's 1952, all of the, the women who are in hidden figures, all of those computers, uh, not only are they computers at that point, but, um, historically speaking, a lot of them were also leftover wasps, uh, women auxiliary service pilots from world war II. So you have a lot of people who are um, lighter than men, better able to handle um, uh, gravitational uh, uh, blood pressure shifts, and uh, who are walking computers. And it's out. It's awesome. I've read it. It's great. And you guys should all go read it. Thanks. So one of the exciting things for me about this book also is that I had astronauts reading it, and we are actually going to be at NASA and do a project in depth about the calculating stars, which is the first book in the series, in two weeks. Um, although we will have done it already, but it's time travel. Don't worry about it. Uh, so this gives you two weeks to read the book before we get to NASA. Go ahead. Three, two, one. Lift off. Was I supposed to make a <laughs> rocket noise? No. Oh. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> I was waiting to see, is she going to say liftoff? Or are we not going to do that? No, she did it. Okay. Yeah, Either like, way, <laughs> there will be massive spoilers for Mary's book in two weeks. So you should read it now. Um, let's, let me ask you guys another question about relationships. Um, one of my favorite things in books and in film and whatever is when you get two characters who – Minutes after interacting, you can read in their interactions an extensive history that they don't have to tell you um, point by point by point, which is boring. Characters who just, you can read their relationship in moments. How do you write this? Any tips, any tricks? An in-joke. Just okay. one. Just You don't have to do a lot. But uh, an in-joke, like... Um, uh, you know, if if two characters are talking and one of them is like, oh, yeah, I like the time with the pumpkin. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do anything more than that. You, you said you wouldn't bring that up, Mary. <laughs> Sorry. So no, they did that in uh, the Dirk Pitt movie. Um, oh. And it worked really well yeah. to mm -hmm. kick off the fact that these two characters have been in lots of crazy hijinks together. You know, a story that does this really, really well is Sneakers. Uh, because there's that whole little group of, you know, misfits and, and people and one of the great things they do is the character Mother, who is always uh, bringing up weird conspiracy theories. The first time he does that, uh, Sidney Poitier, who's the ex-CIA guy, he reacts before he starts the story. I mean, he starts the story, and before he has a chance to get to the weird stuff, he's already rolling his eyes. 
And you immediately know, oh, they do this all the time. <laughs> they have this very specific relationship to conspiracies in government. And it tells so much in the, the timing of his reaction. That's awesome. Yeah. The, the Rocket and Groot scene, uh, when we are introduced to them in Guardians of the Galaxy, Groot's only dialogue is, I am Groot, mm-hmm. um, where Groot is drinking out of the fountain. And we establish very, very quickly that the relationship between these two is, is kind of kind of father-son and kind of boss-employer and kind of brains and brawn. And yet there's, there is something woven in there that we just don't know, but it's there. Mm-hmm. No. I think the the thing that uh, with that um, is not just the in jokes, but also tying into what Dan was talking about that the um, the characters' reaction to each other. And so this is a place that you can use um, one of the tools we talked about uh, when we were talking about character voice, which is that that indirect that that free and direct speech, where the the character's internal monologue can be a little bit about their relationship. Oh no, not this story again. Mm. And, you know, you see this in relationship, uh, romantic relationships a lot. Mm-hmm. Someone walks on sc- screen in a, in a movie or television show and you know instantly that those two characters have a history of a relationship. And oftentimes it's that they're extremely cold to one another, which we read as, oh, you know, something happened in the past between those two. Uh, I would say less is more mm-hmm. in a lot of these instances. Now, different topic. I wanted to make sure we asked you, Mary. You had an entire series where two characters went through a classic uh, romance relationship and then multiple books afterward (laughs) where many people would have just stopped the series and most movies and things, they just stop at the point where the first book ended. And you wrote wonderful, awesome books about a different kind of relationship in some ways. So, um, well, thank you. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, anyone who's, who's married knows that uh, you can actually be in a committed, happy relationship. Anyone who's in a committed, happy relationship, whether or not you've... You can be in this wonderful relationship, and there's still conflict, but the conflict is external. So the way I actually structured that... um, Okay. Uh, It it took me a while to figure out. Um, So I tend to think about the the mice quotient a lot. Um, And what I realized was that a romantic arc is structured as a character arc. Uh, The character is dissatisfied with an aspect of self. Um, And then, uh, and and that is, I am alone. Um, And then then they hook up. And that what happens when you, for the most part, is that when people attempt to write relationships later, what they do is they're still writing a character arc. But um, once you are in a relationship, that that couple is now a, a single unit and you have to treat them as a single unit. So when you have these, I am dissatisfied with an aspect of self, that means that it's all about an internal conflict between the couple. So what I did was I treated it like an event arc instead, where they were totally happy with each other, but an event arc is when something disrupts their status quo. So I made sure that all of the conflicts that were hitting them were external conflicts and then use the coal relationship access to talk about how that friction expressed itself between them. Yeah, I would say that one of the reasons I, I like this is it's a pet peeve of mine, maybe that's the wrong term, that 
when the two characters hook up, the story's done. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which it's or totally Or we have not. to make them break up so yeah. that we can that put them back together. That drives me crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's this sort of thing that I feel like uh, as, a, as storytellers, sometimes we internalize this thing, which is a complete lie. Um, and sometimes the best stories, in fact, often the best stories, are when the reader is personally invested in both characters and personally invested in this relationship, which only happens once they are together. Um, it's the same sort of thing in a different way that happened with Mistborn, if, um, this trilogy. If you haven't read it, the story that I originally wanted to tell was, how do you keep an empire together after you've conquered it? Mm-hmm. And when you're the rebels and you've blown up the Death Star and taken over, and none of you have any experience in leading um, a, a, you know, a, an empire or whatever, a republic, uh, how do you make that happen? It's got to be way harder than blowing something up, mm-hmm. keeping it together. Yeah. And that's what made me an- initially start working on the series. And with relationships, keeping together a relationship, I wouldn't say maybe it's harder, but in some ways it is, right? Because you have to work on it every day. And, you know, the initial euphoria is gone and a, something deeper is growing and building, but that's way more interesting. Yeah, yeah. there's a, a beautiful quote uh, from the, the Pridane books by Lloyd Alexander in the fourth one uh, where the kid just wants to go off and be a hero and, and one of the witches says to him, it's easy for the chicken to strut like a hawk, but let's see him scratch for his own worms. Mm. And I always think that, you yeah. know, that is such a more interesting story to tell is, is how do you actually live rather than, you know, do this one cool thing and then be done. Yeah. And I, I think that it's also important to note that this is this thing you're talking about of of working on a relationship is not just a romantic relationship. Like if you've met someone at a, a con or um or just, you know, school or and then moved away, um it's it's difficult. You have to work constantly to maintain that level of friendship. It doesn't just take care of itself. And I think that that's one of the things that, um, that you can do when, you know, as, as a, a conflict point, as a a tension point is not, um, not the, we, we want to break up, uh, but we want to hang out and there are things getting between us that, oh, that's the other secret that I used in, um, uh, the glamorous histories is that I gave them both characters, the same, uh, the same basic objective, in addition to the the same basic relationship object, objective, which was they wanted to get off screen to a fade to black scene. All they, yeah. all they <laughs> it's like we really want to do a fade to black scene right now, but we're being attacked by pirates. <laughs> I would say um, you mentioned you know friends kind of growing apart just because you're no longer in the same social circles. If, if that's happening, if you start a podcast with your friends, <laughs> then you get to see them and hang out with them. Uh, we're actually out of time. Mary, you're going to give us some homework. Yes. Um, so take the, uh, the elements of the Kowal relationship axes, look at uh, your characters, and decide where their friction points are. Um, I want you to just pick two of them. Don't pick all of them uh, if you want them to be to be friends and decide why they're that way. It's not enough to say that they're, you know, they have different manners. Like one of them is, uh, one of them is from the South. One is from Hawaii, which is my (laughs) husband and I, um, but, but pick two, decide why, and then give them an external conflict and let 
the friction express itself. Can you rattle off the axes again? Yes. Uh, And they are also in the liner notes. Uh, Mind, money, morals, manners, monogamy, Marx Brothers. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.